0: I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 143. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Today on the show, I have Christian Amurao. Christian is part of the DLC CME Network, and it was a fantastic interview. Christian increased his volume last year by 97%. So like, this is insane. Talks about how he was plateaued for basically four years, and it was a mindset problem. He got some coaching um, and has exploded his business and is now building a team. Uh, Talks about how some of those activities that he does that grows his business, and it was an awesome interview. I think you're going to love it. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Now, normally when we have a sponsor for the show, it's because I personally use their product or service and I can give it a 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I personally don't do B deals. So I decided to do some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West. And I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth, and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B lender. Another cool thing about Piner West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing some lenders are running low on cash, not these guys. So if you're a broker who's looking for a lender for your next B deal in BC, Alberta, check out Piner West Acceptance and tell them you heard about it at I Love Mortgage Brokering. This episode is also sponsored by Lendful.ca. Lendful is an unsecured lending platform that does loans up to $35,000. They are super easy to work with. You simply send them an email intro to your client and they take care of everything else. Uh, your client fills out an online application and the appro- if an approval is issued, the money's dropped into their account within 24 to 48 hours directly into their bank account. Oh, and they'll pay you a 1% referral as a thank you. Check them out at Lendful.ca and tell them you heard about them on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Christian, welcome to the show. Thank you. So just can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your business?
1: Okay. Well, um, a little bit about myself. I basically, I'm married with a lovely wife, Ajal, and I have two children, five years old and a uh, two-year-old boy and a girl. And yeah, I've been mortgage brokering for almost 10 years now.
0: And so how did you get into the mortgage biz? So what, like, I'm sure when you were a little kid, you weren't like, I'm going to be a mortgage broker when I grow up. Uh, So like, how'd you end up here?
1: Well, Back in high school, I got into an accounting course, which I kind of liked because
0: it was easy. Mm-hmm. If you like numbers.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I, I, and um, college, I pursued the accounting side of things. And then after college, my sister actually got into real estate around 2005, if I'm not mistaken. And just kind of following her footsteps because he's, he, she usually does pretty good in life. So I'm just kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll take the course. and. After I got the license, I decided to actually – I didn't realize that I can actually do the mortgage brokering side of things. So, so I dug a little bit more deeper about the whole mortgage brokering, what, what it is and what it does or – compensation and all that good stuff. And I decided to become a mortgage broker instead
0: of a realtor. So I had the same situation when I took my course, there was no mortgage broker course, it was just real estate. And then mm-hmm. you could choose either path. And so I think I, I reached out to them a few years ago, just out of curiosity and they said, Yeah, you can get a real estate license if you want. I'm like what? So I don't know if it's still true. But they were at the time, they were like, Yeah, you can do it because you took the same essentially the same course. Okay, so then you decided, hey, I want to be in the mortgage business, not in the real estate business. So Like, How were those first few years? So when you first started out, what was that like?
1: Well, that was a little different because I was in the car insurance industry prior to that. I was used to the whole regular salary plus commission. And then starting out with the mortgage brokering side of things, it was strictly full commission. And I've attended some courses and trainings, but uh, it was a little bit of a different world or different kind of workflow for me. So there's definitely an adjustment period
0: and a learning curve. And uh, the first two years was a little rough. What happened to make it turn from going like, okay, I, you know, I'm holding on for dear life to, hey, I'm, I actually think I got this. When did that happen?
1: That happened when I switched to another office, basically sat down with an underwriter, just sitting down with them, watching how they do it, the dialogues and the workflow, you know, the ins and outs of, you know, the income, the liability, the credit side of things, and just learning, learning the whole thing from scratch. Right, And then after I'd say about a month of doing that, just really just sitting down, not being paid on anything, I'd say I spent about, you know, for three to four hours a day just watching and sitting in in appointments, just listening in, just trying to absorb as much as I can. Kind of like, okay, well, I think I have this basically go out there again and just kind of try and solicit business from realtors and my, my circle of
0: influence and,
1: you know, just learning as I
0: go. So you essentially job shadowed, pretty much, for free, basically, no, for no pay.
1: Yes, well, I should be paying
0: them. <laughs> you should be paying. You know, here is the crazy part. So you take you spend your mortgage course on your mortgage course, and you get your license, but you really don't know squat. No, and it's a thousand bucks. Let's say if you want to be a hairdresser, you are going to spend nine to ten thousand dollars. You know, go cut hair, and the income potential for cutting hair, unless you are cutting like Oprah's hair. Is pretty slim compared to mortgage brokering but people think that that's enough it's not like you need like i think it's genius that you actually saw because then yeah, i'm sure your confidence was higher you're like hey i actually can do this i know what's going on you're like i have this to be like somebody who goes to a hairdressing school and never cuts anybody's hair and then they come out and they go well i took all the theory but i don't know if I'm, i don't like do you, you really want me to cut your hair because i have no idea if i'm gonna mess it up
1: i had that feeling when i was doing my first few files right just kind of like okay well here we go
0: Right. Yeah. And, but we're having sort of sitting in and so that was, that was awesome. That's a really good idea. So that's a, a kind of springboarded you. So, okay. Before we dive into the rest of your story, I always like to ask about a quote that's had an impact on you. Can you share a quote that's had an impact on your life or business?
1: One that sticks out right now where I'm at is the Napoleon Hill. It goes by whatever the mind can conceive and believe
0: it can achieve. Okay. So that's an awesome quote. How do you apply that? Like what, how do you internalize that and make that work in your day to day?
1: Yeah, well, here's a little bit of a background with that quote. Basically, I mean, I read that book a long time ago, but it never really stuck on me. But over the years, I've been working as a mortgage broker, what, since 2008, full time. And during those years, I kind of plateaued my production to a specific volume. And I can't seem to break through that plateau. And uh, I signed up with a coaching with uh, Craig, Craig Vetter and, you know, just... Basically, you know, I told him where I want to be, where what my goals are. And uh, yeah, basically, we worked on the mindset side of things because I think the whole thing that's holding me back was me. It's right. just that I, I didn't have that belief that I could actually do more.
0: Yeah, I think that so I totally agree. Craig's a great guy, too. I feel like with mindset, it's like your operating system, right? So somebody can come along and say, hey, here's a great new app for your business. You should run it. And you're like, my operating system will not, you know, does not compute. And until you change the mindset, which is like your operating system, it doesn't matter which tool or tactic or somebody comes along with these wonderful things, unless your operating system is going to accept it, it will not work just because. Mm -hmm. And so that's awesome. So how long were you stuck in that plateau is my first question. The second question is, is how long did it take for the mindset to start to shift?
1: Okay, well, 2008 to say 2014, my production was pretty stagnant. Well, mind you, it was... It was pretty decent, but it was stagnant, right. <laughs> nonetheless. But uh, 2015, when I started seeing it, and then 2016
0: is when I kind of
1: blew my numbers out of the water there. It just
0: What kind of a percent increase did you see from 15 to 16, if you don't mind me asking?
1: My volume increased 97%.
0: Really? Like, you're not joking, right?
1: I was actually tracking the numbers. It's actually 97.33. It was amazing. I kind of expected that that's going to happen because... Back in well, I started working with Craig late in September of 2015. And we were talking about numbers and all that, and we were doing some goal settings for 2016. And I just okay, he asked me what I wanted to do. And I just dropped the number.
0: Did you think you could do it? And so the number, whatever you said to him, did you really at the time when you were stuck in this plateau and you said, Hey, I want to do, you know, X. Yeah. Did you really think you could do it?
1: At that time I just Basically thought, okay, it would be nice to have this. I kind of did that whole reverse, trying to figure out the income side of things. Like, it would be nice to have this monthly income. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, try to picture envision the the whole lifestyle or just, you know, the, a little bit of a financial freedom per se. That, okay, well, that would be nice, right? You know, everything's done. Like, mm-hmm. just drop the number there and it says, okay, well, did I believe in it? I, was, I said it would be nice. But at some point, I wasn't totally convinced until I actually, you know, really envision why do I want to have that right or what does it mean for me
0: yeah you got to attach meaning to it right
1: exactly exactly i think that's where i was kind of getting stuck and again craig kind of helped me with the whole mindset of things he got me into reading and the, into meditation and journaling side of things that was to me at one point i was kind of like oh, it's a little cheesy right i didn't quite <laughs> believe it but you know the more
0: i do it the more kind of like oh okay yeah, but it goes back to the operating system, man. It's like you know, if you have this iPhone with an old operating system, you can't run any of the the new apps because you just will not. They're like won't accept them. So, okay, from the start of seeing working with Craig, getting mindset coaching, how long did it take for you to actually feel like a shift?
1: Well, that one I would say not until beginning of like the first quarter of two thousand sixteen. I was like, whoa, where where are these numbers coming from? Just kind of like I guess I'm doing something right. We're working on something that magical here. So yeah, just kind of kept on doing what, it, what was working back then.
0: Right. Okay. So then let me ask you about if we use this whole, you know, operating system and app metaphor. So what apps or what things, what specific tactics did you start to do that you weren't doing before now that your mindset was shifting? What kind of activities were you putting in place?
1: Well, the first thing would be having the positive expectation, believing that what I'm doing is right or what I'm doing will produce results.
0: I'm sure your day to day from nine to five looked different post operating system upgrade versus like the last kind of three or four years. So what were you doing specifically different?
1: Actually, that's the funny thing with my activities. Like I didn't really change anything. Like I was still doing the same thing, like coming to the office, doing my calls, following up my clients and my referral sources and all that. The consistency got better, but as far as did I change my dialogues, did I add another system in place? Not really. Just more on, that was, I think that was the only thing that, I, I know that I was the only thing that changed, because I'm still doing the same thing as I, what I was doing.
0: Okay. Yeah, this is interesting to me. So you're saying in 2009, to what years was that you were kind of plateaued? Eight to, it was eight to 12?
1: 2008 to 12, it was pretty...
0: Minor growth.
1: Yeah, minor growth. You know, there's some good years and then went back down. But anyway, activities are still the same.
0: Okay. So then what activities are you finding are successful for you then right now in your business? So I'm asking the same question in another way because you're not answering the way I want. So I'm like, okay, I'll just come back at it. I'm going to keep asking till you answer the way I want you to answer it. I'm just saying.
1: I think it was the only thing that's really been consistent is the phone calls. Like uh, what am I doing? Maybe I've gotten better on my dialogues, maybe the way I speak, or maybe the energy that I'm Communicating with clients are a little, a lot more positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, that part of that also is over time as you get better at what you do, you, the unconscious competent level where you just say it without even really
0: thinking about dialogues at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. And then you said you're making phone calls. So, who are you calling, and what kind of frequency? Yeah, what's that look like? Okay, as far as who
1: am I calling? I usually I start with my favorite people. You know, the people that actually refer me to their friends, family, co-workers, or clients, because I deal with some realtors as well.
0: So how often would you phone these favorite people?
1: These favorite people, I'd say at least once a week. I'll be in touch with them, just checking in. How's it going? How are things? Do you have any referrals for me?
0: So do you say that? Would you, so if I was your realtor, if I'm like your realtor, which first of all, like what the heck am I doing as a realtor? But if I was and you called me, what would you say to me if, I, if we talk every week?
1: Okay, well, basically, hey, Scott. How are things? How's business? How are things? Because if I'm if I have that relationship, I know that you know they have kids or you know if their kids are playing sports or anything, right? Mm-hmm. So we we connect in a personal level genuinely, right? That I actually am interested of in finding out what's going on with their life personally. Then I transition into how are things in the business side of things. Can I help you with anything? Do you have any files that needs looking after? Mm-hmm. And did you come across anyone thinking of buying a home or have an existing mortgage that they'd they'd like
0: me to review? Right, so how many people would you call would be on that favorite people's list?
1: I would say, I call them my A pluses and there's about 15 to 20 of them, including the spouses. Okay. And and yeah, I call them at least once a week, sometimes every other week, depending on how busy I get.
0: So would you call the spouse? So like if I'm a realtor, would you call my wife too? Unless like-
1: It depends. If the spouse is involved in the business, yes. Okay, who else do you call? Okay, so I, I got my uh, realtors and my uh, other referral sources. I've got some clients that are actually referring me on a regular basis. And keep in mind, I don't pay for any referral fees or anything.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: just refer me because I guess they like me, Right. Mm-hmm. and I call them, just checking in again.
0: How often would you call them? So let's say I'm one of your buddies. What kind of thing does these people do? Are they like tradespeople? Are they self-employed? What are, like just paint a picture. You don't need to give me like name, phone number, right. you know, SIN number, because if you did, I would phone them. No, just kidding. Uh, get, paint a picture for who this type of person is that's sending you business that's not a, a real estate agent.
1: I've got, let me think. They're just, some are just office workers or some are contractors, some are self-employed. So a little bit of everything. Okay. And. As far as when I call them, I just check in and see how things are. Or how was the weekend or how was, how was everything else? And I always remind them that, you know, if you come across that's that, that became part of my dialogue is if you come across anyone thinking of buying a home or
0: has an existing mortgage, is there anyone that you can think of that I can help right now? Right. And so, how many times, if I'm in this category of like, you know, the, how often are you calling me?
1: It depends. Cause sometimes I, I'd say at least, once a week, or if you're not the refer, like, for example, if you're not a realtor or in the business or self-employed, self, self I would say you're probably down to once every other week or sometimes once a month.
0: Okay. And so who else are you calling? You got realtors, you got these sort of high influential people. What's the next list that your group of that you're calling?
1: The next list would be my database. I looked at my list of deals that I completed a year ago. Well, I call it anniversary call. I'm just basically saying, hey, it's been a year. How are things? Say pretty much same same dialogue. How are things? How are, how's your mortgage payment, you know? And I looked at if they're on a monthly payment, I would recommend, you know, have you thought of doing a bi-weekly payment? And then I make that recommendation of increasing their monthly payment or bi-weekly payment by a nominal amount so that they don't even feel it and can explain to them the benefits.
0: Do you have help? Because most people doubling their volume creates a whole bunch of extra work. Do you have a team or how's your, how are you structured?
1: 2016, I was pretty much working on my own. Well, since Of all of 2000, well, since I started until 2016, I was working on my own. Other than Craig helping me out on the business side of things, and there are some deals that I had to co broker with our cube, which is our underwriting center. Which is, if anything, I'd say there's a couple of deals or two or three deals that I co brokered. But other than that, I'm just like a one man show. I do the calls, I do the sales calls, I do the
0: underwriting, the admin. So you and you're still doing everything basically. No, actually
1: that's uh that's the interesting part for, with how things kind of turned out since the volume went up I was able to ask my wife to actually quit her job and start working with me instead.
0: Nice. And so how long have you guys been working together?
1: She started late last year and we're still transitioning into defining her role and just giving her a clear idea of what her job title is. But mm-hmm. now I've got her to do the whole phone calls cause she's a lot better with uh, with connecting with people. She's more natural at it. Mm-hmm. So she's now taking care of my database as far as following up with my database, follow up calls with current deals or clients and also referral sources. She's in touch with my realtors. Now I've done the introduction and she's checking in with them on a regular basis.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and also I recently added my brother. Um, Anthony, who is uh, helping me, I'm training him to become an underwriter now Mm -hmm. because with the volume of referrals and leads that we're getting, I'm, I'm kind of getting stuck with some files and falling behind. So I needed help
0: with that as well. So, right. So you've had a lot of changes. So you changed your mindset, which changed your results from the same activities, different mindset equal to better result and your business has increased. And now you're like, okay, I need to help. So then you've got your family, your wife in there, possibly your brother as well. So what's something that you know now that you wish you would have known a year ago?
1: Back to that mindset, having that belief that I'm actually capable of doing things.
0: Right. The mindset is critical, isn't it? For me, it was, yes. So can you share something that you've failed at and then the lesson that you learned? Because everybody has failures, but there's always, if you look back, there's lessons in it for you. So can you share something that maybe didn't work out the way you planned?
1: I was thinking about this question. It's more deal specific is what's popping up right now. You know, when I have, I every time I handle a lead or a client, my mindset is, okay, how can I help this person? And, you know, sometimes you come across a client who really, 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 really wants to get home. And, you know, sometimes when you see a file, you already know like, okay, well, this is going to be a far, you know, it's a long shot. And, you know, sometimes just you work so hard on it, but at, in the end, you kind of end up wasting, not wasting a lot of time, but you could have answered the question instantly rather than trying to spin your wheels, Mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, I could have easily said, okay, well, we can't do this right the way it is right now. Just maybe, you know, reset their expectation.
0: And decisioning a file sooner. So coming to a decision like, hey, okay, maybe there's a a solution here, but it's 20 hours deep. And it's like, is it worth Mm -hmm. the 20 hours? And it's even then a low percentage.
1: Exactly. And I think at that point, if looking back at that experience, I think I'm probably better off co-brokering it with someone who actually can do the file or has more experience than I am. And I noticed that's mainly on the B side of things when deals are a little bit, you know,
0: outside the realm of the AAA business. Okay, how do you answer the question, what does a mortgage broker do?
1: Well, as a mortgage broker, what we do as mortgage brokers is we help consumers or families, we help families own their own home and we match them with the best product that suits with their financial goals, not just the rate itself, the whole strategy all together, right? And the way I help my client and when I talk to people is that, you know, I I help my clients before, during, and after the transaction. Mm-hmm. You know, we
0: guide them from getting the home to paying off the home or the mortgage. Right. That's good. What's the best business advice you've ever received? The
1: best business advice is just have the servant's heart, you know, just
0: serve people. That's really good. Yeah. Serve, serve, don't sell. Like, if you serve people, then good, you know, good things happen and you don't have to like be trying to push people into stuff. So, can you share something about yourself that you can't find on Google?
1: With how social media is turning to, I think you can pretty much find everything about me. But small thanks. Just, you know, I enjoy relaxing. Like, I enjoy just sitting back and watching a movie with my family, my wife, and my kids, just spending that quality time with them. Mm-hmm. But I think you can find that on Google because like especially with social media, like, I post a lot of family stuff, so.
0: Well, what's something, like, do you like, you know, are you a Highland dancer or something? I think the guilty pleasures, like, you know, I do watch TV series and movies, like. Okay, what's the best one that you've watched recently that you're like, man, this show, I love this show.
1: I, I like watching Billions.
0: Okay. Shows I like got, like, suits and stuff like that, so. Okay, cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Get me, gets me out of the whole work mindset because
0: it's a good distraction
1: exactly that's the time that i can shut it off
0: okay cool so i'm gonna these are rapid fire questions you can answer them with shorter answers if you like so what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful
1: i would say themselves
0: right mindset
1: exactly i was the one holding myself back so
0: and what one thing or you thing has made you successful
1: consistently showing up to work and making my calls picking up that call and dialing the numbers
0: mm-hmm. and what's one software or app you can't live without my crm what do you, what's that?
1: I use the referral maker from Buffini and company.
0: Okay. But again,
1: it's, it can be any CRM, right? It's just that that's the one that I got started and just consistently using.
0: Callum Ross said this to me once. What's the best CRM? We'll say like kind of like, what's the best gym? It's the one you use. Exactly. If you use it consistently, it will be. It would be the best. the best. Exactly. So what's the one book you could recommend for our listeners?
1: I, I mean, obviously, we're in the mortgage broker industry. So I'd say it's be the better broker series.
0: Right. Oh, Dustin will send you 20 bucks for that when he hears this. <laughs> this is a great series. Last question. One of my favorites. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Mm-hmm. So if I could put you in the DeLorean in the car, send you back to when you first started out and you could say, hey, you know, I, here's three things you need to know. What would you tell yourself? So you have a better business today.
1: Um, it doesn't have to be three things. Just keep doing what you're doing, but have the positive expectation and believe that you're capable
0: of doing more. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Okay, well, where can people find you online?
1: got a new mo- website, opendoorsmortgage.ca. Yeah, just... Give me a ring if there's anything I can do to help.
0: Well, hey, man, I really appreciate your time today. Anybody listening can check out all the links, show notes, everything we talked about at ILoveMortgageBrokering.com. And Christian, I hope you continue to crush it and keep making those calls. And when you double again or triple, we'll have you back on and see what you're up to.
1: i look forward to that. Thank you very much, Scott.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.